Hi, this is the Mentoring Lab Podcast, where we create a work BFF mentoring movement, one episode at a time. Here are your hosts, Sarah and Kelly. Hello, and welcome to the Mentoring Lab Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelly. And you are listening to part two of our Listen Linda episode this week. If you have not listened to part one, stop what you're doing and go back and listen to the first part immediately right now. No, I'm kidding. But no, Pharrell, you really want to do that because this is uh, just to carry on from lots of good information that we talked about on Wednesday. Yes, it was definitely a great, great discussion, which is why we had to break it into two parts. So without further ado, let's get on to part two. All right, guys, enjoy. Sarah, those tips were really great, and I've really appreciated this conversation so far. But what I would like to do is look at the flip side, and the flip side being the person who is providing the information and some tips revolving around credibility and recognition of your ideas, how to get people to hear you when you are speaking or sharing an idea. So the first scenario that comes to mind that I suspect others have experienced is, and this is another new term that I just learned this week. It's called, (laughs) (laughs) it's called he peated, or I'm going to, I'm going to coin a new word and call it she peated because it could be men or women, but it's a spin on the word repeated. So, you know, this is when you're in a meeting and you say something in the meeting or you um, say, we could do this or we could do that. And it's like nobody in the room heard you, right? Then a few minutes later, someone else in the room, male, female, whoever, they say almost the exact same thing. And the room lights up. Everyone's cheering and applauding. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's the greatest idea ever. And you're like looking around like, did nobody hear me? Or or where's the person that's going to raise their hand and say, yeah, Bob. That sounds very much like what Kelly suggested, of, you know, earlier. Let's pull that thread. Let's let's build on that idea. Or Bob should have said, similar to what Kelly said earlier. I would like to add. You know what I mean? So it's that recognition of your ideas. So that's um, the he peated, or I'm coining she peated because it happens. Let's face it, we know it happens. So what that comes down to is like, I have no idea why um, people don't hear you when you present the idea. Does everyone in the room think you don't know what you're talking about? And then someone else says it and they think they have the credibility. I really don't know, but I have experienced that myself. And I've looked around like, did nobody hear me? Did I not just speak? Or when they say that, you're like, did nobody hear that Sarah said that already? But it does happen. Oh my God. I've had many a moments where I've sat at a table and that's happened to me. And I'm in my head, I'm like, WTF? Like, did I not say that? And I've actually had colleagues where they, right, they, they he peated or, sh- or she peated. I like that. <laughs> I might say something else. <laughs> it's, it's the tongue twister for sure. But like, right, they're taking, it's like they're almost taking your words. And mixing them up so it sounds like it was their idea, but they're basically restating whatever your thought or your idea was and getting credit for it. And that's what everyone like latches on. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this the Twilight Zone? Did I just not say that? Yeah, and I have no idea, and maybe I'll do some research and we'll share it for another episode of why that happens. It's like, did everyone really not hear you? Did you not speak in a strong voice? I I don't know. Um, So what I have learned is there's some tips 
for being heard um, when you're presenting an idea. And it starts with credibility. So do you, I think we talked about it on a similar podcast or we talked about it amongst ourselves about the woman who worked at this three-letter organization. And she pitched an idea. She pitched that they needed to move to sharing digital information with other like organizations. And that was like shot down, cut her off at the knees and pretty much blackballed her um, from engaging in meetings and so forth in the organization. And I later learned what the difference was, what made the difference. So years later, um, when she established credibility in this particular industry um, and everyone realized and they didn't say, oh, yeah, 20 years ago when you said we should do this, we should have listened. No one came back and said that. But basically, when she became credible in this industry and an expert in this area, they listened. And in fact, they actually hired her back. So what it comes down to is I'll share these five tips. Um First thing is, it's called Cascade to Yes, and that is by author Mark Golston. And what it is, is when you go into the meeting and you're going to pitch an idea, is kind of getting people in the frame uh, mindset or framework of yes already. And that's when you get them, you start out by saying things like, um, I think you, I bet you think this is impossible. I bet you think that there isn't funding for this, or I bet you think I can't do this. I bet you think that there's no way that this could happen in this time frame. So you're already connecting with them. That's the first thing is you got to connect with the people that are listening, get them to resonate with, you know, where they are at the table. You know that um, they may not be enthusiastic or as enthusiastic as you are about the particular idea. So see, you can't see Sarah, but she's already nodding. She's going, yes, yes. So that's the cascade of yes. You get them to be in the yes mindset. And then the next critical things is you got to know your stuff. You have got to be confident and you have to know everything that you're talking about and you have to do it with the um, belief in yourself because if you quiver just a little bit, they will see that and they'll assume that that's doubt. And if you doubt yourself, they're going to doubt you. So you have to have the utmost confidence in yourself and what you're pitching and why you think it can be successful. So I mentioned confidence. So you have to have your perfect pitch. And when I say your perfect pitch, that is your elevator pitch or your pitch that you're pitching to the room. You have to have it memorized. You have to know it inside and out. You have to think about all of the questions and the answers that might get asked. You have to um, anticipate what they may be looking for. So you have the answers before they even ask them because that will show them that you cared enough to do the research. You cared enough to look into it at the far deeper levels, not just, hey, I'm super excited about this and you should be excited too <laughs> because that's a Kelly way of it. I'm like, but I'm so excited. Well, you have to do the research. You got to do the work. You can't just have the enthusiasm and the excitement because that does not get stakeholders or shareholders to say, yeah, we're going to give you the funding for this million dollar project and you may or may not do it. But so you have to have that confidence going into it. And you you have to be recognized um, as the authority in this particular area or industry. Well, how do you do that? How do you get recognized or known as a subject matter expert in this particular area or industry? And that's by publishing, publish. And people are like, well, I don't write articles or I don't write books or, you know, I don't do that. You can publish other things. You can publish SOPs. You can publish information papers. So you can write your ideas down and get them known and get them visible. And then products and that information paper, that could be a product, something tangible that's 
someone can hold on to and see. And the more of those things that you have, the publications and the products that have your name attached to it, that are resonating with, she's the subject matter expert. That's going to come up in the next one, which is your profile. So anytime someone does a search in your particular industry or your area or project lane, your name should come up associated with it. You should be popping up all over the place. If they do a search on your name, it should come up in that particular industry, representing that you are a known, credible expert, that you've done the research, you've done the work, and um, you are published, meaning people are seeing your name right alongside with all the research that's been done. And then the last one is partnering, partnering with people in your industry, leveraging, and this ties right back to the woman I started with, um, who thought it was a great idea to share information with the other agencies, um, the digital information, and they can that idea. But um, later they learned that it was something that, yeah, we probably should have done that. We could have learned a lot by sharing information, but leverage with others that are in your industry, create those partnerships, have those networks, um, generate the multiplier effect. So if you are talking confidently about this idea or this thing that you think is a something that they should do get other people engaged convince them you know get them um, aligned with you so that you can um, convince people to say you know by the end of the conversation or by the end of the pitch you have answered all the questions that they haven't asked and you're going to get them to yes. So your idea is going to be heard because all those things I just listed that you have a reputation, you have credibility, you've produced the products, you've done the research, you've done the work, you can be seen in the public, in the industry. So everyone knows who you are and what you represent. So that's flipping the script. So if you do that work as the person providing the information, more than likely, it is going to be heard by the people in the room because you're talking the language, you're telling them the things that they want to hear, and you're saying it confidently, and you're saying it boldly because you believe in it yourself. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I was really on fire oh, for that one. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's just a lot to take in. So I was just thinking like me personally, like my experiences at an organization, like being published in different things. And I was like trying to take like your, like the five things you mentioned and like how someone could take that on a local level. Right. So um, like developing, like networking within the organization or sister organizations and then like being published, like number four was really standing out to me. And I was like, hmm, how could I be, could I take that or could anyone take that? Especially that works, um, you know, like in an office environment, like how can they become known as the expert within that office? And so I guess you could, right, it doesn't necessarily have to go outside your company or organization. I mean, that's, that's awesome if you can get on that, that, that level to be known if we Google your name and things are going to pop up, but the likelihood of that happening isn't as prevalent, I guess, to say as making sure creating that credibility within that company organization. Does that make sense? So trying to to really leverage and get your name out there on a local level. And, and, and so you could still do that internally, right? By publishing or writing things in-house for where right, you work Right, and getting at. them published on your internal network. Gotcha. Okay. So when you put in the search bar mentoring, Sarah's name comes up, gotcha. right? I mean, that makes Sarah. sense to me. <laughs> yeah. like, that makes like the local SharePoint or something. That totally makes sense to me. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, and anyone who is um, an expert or subject matter expert in their industry or their field or even what they do, I think that um, 
some people tend to think that, oh, I don't write anything. I don't publish anything, but you can. It doesn't have to be in a journal out there in the universe. It doesn't have to be something that is out on the World Wide Web. It can be things internally, like you said, local to your organization on the SharePoint page or the intranet, where if um, you want to know, like I said, about mentoring or you want to know about onboarding or you want to know about pay for performance, you know, you just put those terms in and the document that you wrote or the SOP that you wrote is going to come up and your name is going to be associated with it. So I would say harness your expertise, harness it and and write those SOPs, write those books that you could hand off. Like if you left your job, you could hand off and someone could take and go forward with it. Mm -hmm. Document those processes and put your name to it because that shows that you have done the legwork, you've done the research, you've documented it and you've published it. And that's how you gain credibility in your area of expertise. No, I like that. That that makes sense. And I think that will resonate with a lot of people, especially being able to do that at a, a quote unquote local level. And as you're talking about that, it just jogs something else in me too, where, I, and you and I have been talking about this a lot lately, LinkedIn. Yeah. So, right. Like being an HR, like I feel like I have all this knowledge in my brain for like the last 15 years and just writing short snippets, maybe on my LinkedIn, like a short article, like a couple paragraphs, like five best practices on mentoring or onboarding and my thoughts and stuff. Cause that could be also another means um, again, right? Like you said, not having to be published on the web or in a journal, but just getting my name out there. And when people do searches in LinkedIn or what have you, and the more you can produce out there, like in your niche or your field, the, the more recognition you'll get with which I think will also have a positive effect on you at the local level, either at your organization or company. Right, exactly. Because it's showing evidence. Another person that I like to work with is Tamara Gondor. And she just recently shared in her podcast about showing the evidence, showing the evidence that you've done the work, showing the evidence that it's going to work, showing that you have connected the dots from this point to this point to this point. And that one is how you gain credibility and you show that you've done the work required to prove that it is possible. I like that. I, I, I think I told you before, I love what you just said, because to me, that's like the method to my madness. Like when I go, I never broke it, thought of it in that terms. But when you shared that with me before, I was like, oh, so that's kind of like the method to my madness I would share with someone new of how I came to this conclusion and why we should be going this way is because of all those points you just hit on. Oh, right. Absolutely. Because like I said, you know, I'm an enthusiastic, positive person and I get excited about ideas. So I could, I could totally see me running into the boardroom saying, I got this really, really great ideas and everyone should be on board with it. And they're like, Kelly, we love your enthusiasm, but that's not enough. So what comes <laughs> after that is you have to convince us, you know, that you've done the research, you have the evidence, you have the proof that it's mm-hmm. going to work. Otherwise, you know, Kelly's enthusiasm just isn't enough to get everyone to shake their head and say, we endorse this project. So. All right. That's all really great stuff, Kelly. So I think that is a high note for us to end on. I think this episode's a little longer this week, but hopefully um, you guys have, you know, got a lot out of this. I think we shared a lot in terms of communication, trying to work with people who don't listen as well as get people to listen to us. Um, Kelly gave us a lot of great uh, uh 
I hate to say nuggets of information because everyone says that, but a lot of good tidbits, a lot of uh, good advice. Um, I think you guys, a lot of what we said probably resonated with you. You've experienced it yourselves or have witnessed it happen um, in the workplace. All right. We really hope you enjoyed part two this week. And again, we want to thank you for being a part of our Work BFF Mentoring Tribe. Our movement grows through your support of our show and by all of us answering the call to support other women at work through our mentorship and friendship. We would love to hear from you, so drop us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page, The Mentoring Lab Podcast. And from your work BFF mentors, be safe, be positive, and tune in next week.